comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Walking Dead TV po- podcast. I'll edit that out. <laughs> Somebody will edit that out. Edit uh, <laughs> uh, this is episode 296. Uh, this is Russ as I fumble my way through the intro. And join with me are Aaron Newworth. Hey-o. Jim Deep. Hello. And Dr. Curran himself, Daryl Tate. Hello, everybody's caught up, right? I am now. I'm with Dr. Curran. How, how, how much more caught up can I be? Oh, that's <laughs> good. That's good. I'm in the moment. I'm past the moment. He is oh. the moment. Whoa. Right. Stop blowing my mind, everybody. Lots to talk about tonight. A little bit of news. AMC's going to do a Walking Dead holiday special? Question mark. That's blowing my mind. You said AMC, which made me think even, like, my 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 my, my, uh, my face lit up. I know you mean Walking Dead, but the idea of an AMC holiday special made me think Oh, yeah, sorry. Yes. You know, like, like, AMC is doing a Walking Dead holiday. You're just hoping for that low winter sun. Exactly. Is that where you're going with that? <laughs> the cast of Rubicon is there as carolers. <laughs> the I hold out hope. Ian McKellen is there from the Prisoner remake. <laughs> that, that, one, oh, uh, that one show about, like, the chef and the mob and all with David Schwimmer there. there. All right. <laughs> That revolutionary war movie about the spies turn or the uh, show yeah. about the spies yeah. turn. What is it about the one with the boat, the, the submarine and the Gus Ring is like gonna oh, slay. Man. They're all there. It's all there. <laughs> and it's sponsored nice. by Los Pollos Hermanos. Exactly. We <laughs> <laughs> chicken to the, all the children. All the orphans <laughs> get chicken. The Walking Dead holiday special is a That's virtual get together featuring fan favorite cast members. And everybody's favorite Talking Dead host, Chris Hardwick. <laughs> no, it's hosted by Tyrone. <laughs> so that's the real thing? That's what they're doing? That's, the yes. Thing? And, uh, yeah. and, and it's on the AMC Plus thing, right? AMC like, you can't, Plus it's not even. Exclusive. exclusive. Yeah. Oh, so you'd have to buy the, the, the Plus, the AMC Plus. Yeah. That's well, that's. I mean that's less exciting. That's just watching them talk on the, you know, like, oh, how's your Christmas going? Oh, you know, I'm Fine. Jewish and I celebrate Hanukkah, so stop asking me already. That's like, all I that's, need. That's gonna be a no for me, dog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I agree hard, with hard that. pass. <laughs> hard pass. Hard pass for me, thanks. Although I'm looking at all the other stuff that AMC is coming out with for Christmas, uh, and it, it's just I don't know. I don't want to go down the uh, the whole streaming walled garden road, but. They, have, they do have National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Are they playing the all the Home Alone films not on Disney Plus? So the other three, <laughs> <laughs> and then the other two that were direct to video after that. I was I'm saying yeah. <laughs> out, of, out of five, the other yeah. three. <laughs> oh, I thought there were like seven. I'm wrong. It's all. It's only five. 
Oh, hey, that's weird. enough. That's enough. One of them had a had a had a young up and comer in it by the she name did. of Scarlett Johansson. Yes, it did. Too bad what turned out with her. Yeah, whatever happened to her, she seemed like she had a future. She married some loser on SNL. <laughs> Jealous much? Jealous a lot. <laughs> <laughs> call it call the I call it just as a catch. Don't don't yeah. blame me to tell you different. He's got really he's got dreamy hair. He really does. Uh Sunday, December thirteenth is when this will air. Uh one week. After the first season finale of World Beyond. Wow, we're burning through that World Beyond pretty quick, huh? Yeah, let it burn. Uh, they haven't announced, they have not announced exactly who is going to be on it, but they everybody. have said that they're going to have actors from all three shows. Well, everybody's home. I mean, what are you going to do? There's, I mean, as much as we're ragging on a little bit, there's some value, to, I think, that if you, like, have the Walking, the World Beyond cast talking with, like, some of the veterans of the Walking Dead cast. Like, I can see a novelty there that's, you know, more more intriguing than not. Uh, yeah, and if you're a deep fan of all you know this universe, then that would be definitely something you'd want to tune into. Absolutely. Yeah, like yeah. if you're if you're a Mike Jones, you're probably sitting there being like, "Oh my God, I can't wait to see Huck talk to uh, Father <laughs> Father Gabriel." <laughs> the only thing that's really a deal breaker for me would be uh, the Chris Hardwick. I just I, the 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 man annoys me. It's just personal. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah we, we 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 tangled in Tijuana once. Okay, it was broken beer bottles <laughs> at five in the morning. I don't want to talk about it any more than that that's because fine. the lawyer told me not to. Yeah, but yeah. it's between me and Hardwick. Okay, but that's the deal breaker for me. That's, that's if, if Y if YTB came in, you know she could you know, liven things up. There you go. But anyway, so if you got the AMC Plus, check it out. Check yeah, it out. Get on that. Everything else is exclusive to something with a plus on it. So why not that? All right. Yeah, or just wait till uh, well, do they have a like a free seven day thing, or they're too cheap for that? I'll just do a trial. Yeah, yeah, just do a trial for that day. Completely unrelated, because I am watching things through AMC Plus. Do you guys have you guys have either of you, any of you seen um Gangs of Gangs of London? No, but I've no. highly it, recommended. It's so me. good. <laughs> really? Highly recommended. Not only by you, too, Aaron, but by other people. It's the creator of the raid, and so every episode is like. There's like, you know, gangster shenanigans happening, and then it concludes with some kind of amazing action sequence that just feels right out of like the raid movies. It's fantastic. That's how, uh, what do you call it was? Uh, Into the Badlands. Yes. Yeah, in terms of it had yeah, really well, like action stuff going on. Yeah, well, was, you like, can only get it on. Uh, that's exactly it's all, yeah, it's only on the plus, yeah, which is mm-hmm. annoying, I'd imagine. It's not but... on... <laughs> or Sling. Or you can get it on Sling. There you go. Son of a bitch. I hate that. Okay, well, how about. Well, let's... Let's talk about a show we can watch on the regular old I'm AMC. saying. Yes, yes. You don't need the plus. But if you do have the plus, you can watch it early. Uh, we're going to start with Fear of the Walking Dead, Season 6, Episode 4, The Key, which there was a lot of keys in this episode. Key-heavy episode. Very key-heavy. Um, it's written by Joe Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode is The Lock. Yes. Spoiler, man. God. <laughs> uh, so the episode starts, and so this is a John Dory centric episode except for some little bits we keep getting the morgan kind of sprinkled in uh mm-hmm. with little little bits uh so far aside from the first episode um but it starts with john he's uh made a home for himself um in in the in the town he's writing a letter to june they've it's it's pretty clear they've been communicating back and forth um with um with Janice kind of acting as a go between with the laundry and passing messages back and forth um and he's it it's he's got it, 
it starts. He's got this bad tooth, so he's got this this toothache that that's going to plague him. I was thinking, right? What? It looked like the wisdom tooth, right? Uh, yeah. He went so much in the back, like it's it's, it's yeah. That's usually Uh, the problem tooth. It was the symbolism tooth. Yes. Well, that's why I'm saying wisdom because it goes with yes. Wow, so many layers here, Daryl. I know. I know. That's the work. That's Doctor Current at work right there, everybody. That's right, and it's got seven days. So I'm gonna wait those seven days and get that Christmas special. I'll watch. There you it go for free. Nice. Can't stop me. Um, the town has a key flag. That's their flag. Um, I guess for their settlement. Um, I'm guessing at some point we'll kind of get the symbolism or the the purpose of the key. Like why? Yeah, we've got to. curious because we got yeah. like we have we have this key, but then they have like the whole sub thing, and it's like. Well, that's a lot of a bit of a coincidence there, I suppose. It doesn't seem like they know about each other. Like yeah, but, sub, uh, sub key, yeah. but he almost seems kind of happy. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like he's making kind of good of a bad situation. Things are fairly calm. Well, that's John, he, that's he, Johnny like, D. Yeah, you know, sure. That's how, he does, that's how he rolls. Yeah, he likes structure. Yeah, routine. He likes and, that. He, and, he, and he puts a happy face on things. That's it. He's oh. a, he's he is an optimist. I mean. Yeah. And he has the whole thing in this like monologue about how his dad was a cop or he was yep. a cop, and they're the reason you know, the people deserve to live in a world that know which way's up, which way's down. This is another episode that I feel like emphasizes how good the actors are on this show. Mm-hmm. Like as as much as, as much issue as we might have with some of the plotting sometimes or the dialogue or what have you, you do have a solid set of actors performing these parts. So you have yes. like last last week we talked about Maggie Grace and um, yeah. Austin Emilio, we yeah. have, we had um. Uh, um Strand, of course, uh, Coleman Domingo, of course, and now you have Garrett Dillahunt, who's, you know, we were excited when he was cast on this show, and here he is oh, delivering exactly what you kind of want to get out of Del- Garrett Dillahunt yeah. on a TV show. Yeah. I was going to say, I remember when they first announced that the season was going to be, like, focusing on a character, like, per episode or whatever, like, right. going in that more of a style. I was a little skeptical, but this has worked out great for them, and this is another episode I thought was really good, dealt with, got deep with the character, dealt with the character rather than having to f- focus on moving a plot along that left everybody kind of short shrifted on storytelling. And, uh, I mean, anytime you get to hang out with Garrett Dillahunt for an hour, I'm good with that. Uh, John, you know, he suits up. They show him kind of, you know, checking his weapon in. You're checking it out, checking it in. He's kind of got his little guard post. He's not, I guess at this point, he's not like a full ranger. He's just kind of like a trusted, I guess like a, uh, like a, like a, Security guard or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like security, yeah. Security guard. Yeah, like a junior ranger or whatever. Well, yeah, you got that guard post. Yeah. Where he's supposed to be. Right? So he kind of watches that. He checks in his weapon, checks out his weapon. Um, shows up at to the to the actual um, marshal's house, and he doesn't answer the door. And they walk around and they find him hung up on a fence with a bunch of walkers feasting on him. That looked bad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So of course, John takes care of that. Um, after we come back from the cold open, we get our little first little Morgan scene. Uh, looks like Daniel has him set up. I think this kind of answers the question um, from the previous episode about um, who was kind of helping him out, whose man on the inside was, and I, th- I think. Uh, Jim and I, th- I, th- I think you guys kind of mentioned you thought it was Daniel, and I think this kind of, uh, uh, I think this sums that up because the, you know, he he's, he goes to this basically a dead drop location, 
and the note is signed DS because he's well, even the I, box has scissors on it or something, right? Or some sort of hair mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like the mark of Zorro, but it's scissors. The mark yeah. of Daniel. And I guess he put in um, a um, one of Grace's uh, jackets or shirts or something like that. Is that was that what you guys got out of it? That that oh, was Grace's sure. Grace's iconic gray sweat yes. shirt. Yeah, but I thought it was funny because he's because apparently Morgan's got the bloodhound with him, and so he's like, right. he's like, how does this work? Do I just like do you just sniff it? And <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. And then he ends yeah, up I throwing, did like the the back and forth. But yeah, he ends up throwing the, the, the sweater on <laughs> the dog. Um, I don't know. I, just, I, I thought I thought it was pretty pretty cool. Um. So we cut back to um, to the town, and John is uh, he's treating it's like he's full in full cop mode, right? Like he's oh, yeah. trying to cordon yeah. off the areas, treating it like a crime scene. You know, he wants to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, and Virginia's course, like, based. In, oh, I'm sorry. In any noir mystery, the the leader is like, nope. Well, too bad. Oh well. Oh, good now. Told him, accident. Told him to it's watch the drinking. Oh well. Yeah. Let's yeah. move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, a accident. Tomorrow's another day. Yeah. This was yeah. just a boating accident. Don't worry about it. This is no boating accident. <laughs> <laughs> is that a bull shark? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Virginia wants it cleared up. She's just like, yep, accident totally tries to blow it over. Uh, John isn't really having any of it. Like he finds, he finds an earring in the ground. Um, he's trying to piece it all together. And then, uh, Strand even shows up, and you know, John even tries to confide in Strand, like, "Hey, this, this this isn't on the up and up. Like, she's trying to hide something, and you know, this isn't this isn't you know this isn't on the up and up." Um, so I thought it was kind of cool. Like, this is like John Dory, the detective, right? Like, I I, I just really Bad dug John. him being kind of back in full cop mode because we haven't. You know, they've alluded to him being a cop in the past, and we've kind of seen him take charge, and obviously he's a good shot and all that kind of stuff, and then, you know, working at the Western place. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I just, I really, I really enjoyed seeing him in full, like, detective. Um, I know. And then it was know, his last day before retirement. Remote. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go wrong there. Yeah. So they have a funeral for Cameron. Um and then afterwards, Janice is arrested um, because she's trying to escape while uh, they're in the middle of Cameron's funeral. So obviously she comes off as being guilty. Uh, they dump her bag on the ground. And of course, what do they find? The other earring, because uh, John had told Virginia at one point that um, if they find the other earring, they'll be find you know, that that'll be who they're looking for. So well, this, he is, kind after, of this is after Janice had told John that she didn't know Cameron. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. well, well, the first time John asked her about the earring, she's like, "I don't know Cameron. I barely know the dude. What are you talking about? It's not my earring. Cameron. Never seen earring. Yeah. What Cameron? Who? There are more than one Cameron, right? So, you know, this is kind of like throwing in the face of that. So not only is she trying to escape, but she lied about that. Yeah. So then John goes to visit her in jail, and obviously he did some more digging around. He finds a a drawing that Cameron did of a woman in bed and it looks like her. And, you know, she tries to, to say, you know, Hey, it wasn't her that she didn't, you know, she didn't kill him. You know, that it's Virginia. She doesn't trust anybody. She's trying to pin this on me. 
And, and John, like, legitimately believes her that something is up. Like, I mean, he's no fan of Virginia to begin with. He's just mm-hmm. kind of playing his part to, um, you know, to kind of keep the peace and, and until they figure things out. Um, well, I but mean, he's, I, it almost seems like he's trying to, exa- I mean, his whole motivation seems to be to exonerate her. Yeah. You know, not, not only to find justice, but to free her, you know. And, and partly, too, to, like, I think he thinks this is the smoking gun of turning the people against Virginia, right? If he can prove that she's corrupt and, you know, she's not on the up and up and she doesn't have everyone's best interest at heart that, you know, and she set this poor woman up that it kind of proves his point that, you know, they could turn against Virginia and then hopefully get, you know, they can kind of get all get all their friends back together. Yeah, I mean, we're. You know, we're in a staging mode right now as far as getting all these characters and seeing where they're at and seeing their goals. And some of them are like Daniel, where he's just biding his time, basically. And others yeah. are like Strand, who's going to strand it out as much as you can strand until he strands. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then, then you have someone like John, who's like, yeah, he's going to you know play the role. But he'll work the system. If, if there's yeah, if there's oppor- if there's opportunity, then he can strike. Eventually, he'll overextrand himself. Yes, <laughs> he always does. That's his ML, man. Yeah. So John backing, was, backing up real quick, I like that he had two hats at his house. I know, right? <laughs> Flip it up. As long as it was yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> Grab this one. Uh, so he goes. John goes back to Virginia, and he keeps trying to press the point. And Virginia lets him know that she knows about the letters that he's been exchanging with um, with June, and. Uh, you know, she even says, oh, well, this just proves like you think that that things can work here. And, you know, John didn't really say anything really incriminating um, in the in the letters. It was more just like, you know, talking about his dad. So she totally uh, lets him know that she she knows about all of that. And that Cameron was kind of her little um, little rat uh, and, and kept her. She, she has that little uh, dig into him, too. It's like, you know, I think your daddy would be proud of you, too. Yeah. Yes, she did. I, like, oh, did I actually do that. Not... Too far. Too much, Jen. Too yeah. much. I'm, I've been on record with saying I'm not a fan of Virginia. Um, a lot of it is I, I'm not a fan of Colby Menifee, but uh, I actually thought she did a really good job this episode. I was um, – I, I think this is the best performance she's given as that character to date. I can get behind that. I mean, I think this season in particular, I think, has been an improvement. I mean, just because, like, I think we said in the opening season episode that there's, you know, more time to work with the character so you can be more familiar with it. But, yeah, I I would agree as far as balancing the kind of duplicitousness, the public persona, and the hard edge that she actually has underneath and making that feel believable. I I, Yeah, I'd say that's coming across effectively enough. Yeah, I think. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Jim. I was going to say, I think the way she plays the character, too, is less of a caricature than it was when we yes. first met the character. Right. Like she, when we first, when she first introduced, we were first introduced to Ginny, she was very broadly, she played her very broadly. Almost, uh, almost like, almost like, I don't want to say camp, but almost to, you know, like, uh, twirling. Maybe she little, felt like she had to play it up. The, you know, you're a, you're a villain. You're that's got to be part of it, like on yeah. both the actor's would, part as well as that. on the introduction of the character's part. Where like yeah. you know, it'd be like you know, like being Negan and being like, let me make a giant show out of everything, hold a baseball bat, and do all this stuff. It's a similar kind of right. power play to establish dominance. I think as as the performance has gone on, though, Ginny has become more um, believable as a person, and I don't want to say relatable, but, but but I guess believable would be the better word. Just like as far as you know, her being able to be 
you know, smart enough, capable enough to be the leader of all this. Uh, whereas at first I was kind of just like, what, you know, now as, as, uh, you know, as it's gone along, I think the performances got more, more, um, uh, more, I, I keep saying, I, you keep using the word believable, but more realistic, I guess might be mm-hmm. a better word. Yeah. She than, tried to the play way she it, played like, it before. She tried to play it like eccentric before, like the cowgirl, right. you know, I got yeah. these little quirks Broadway. about me. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of thing. And, Hey, that's now, just, okay. yeah. that's the show finding that's ba- that balance. Like, how yeah. far do we go with this guy? Yeah. Like, I'm sure they hand. wrote it like that and wanted her to play it that way. And, and now yeah. it's a little better to be, you know, like, oh, okay, I'm going to give these guys what they want. Like, as they're interacting one on one with the cast, it's a little bit, you know, more subdued, you know, like, you know, I know who you are, I know what you like, you know, like, I'm going to try to play to that and get you to do what I want you to do. Yeah, as a byproduct though, I, I dislike the character less. I like her better as a villain. Does that make sense? Than I did before. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fair. And uh, I mean, it is generally annoying when you have our characters where we've established, we, you know, we took a long season with all the plane stuff, but just in general, the idea of this show being about how these characters are altruistic and they want to like, do their thing and now you have this other interloper that's coming in and be like i'm the boss of this place and you're gonna do what i say it's like well that just sucks like i don't i don't i by default i don't like this because i spent a whole lot of time with these people trying to be like hey we're cool we leave videos and supply packages and now you're gonna ruin that like in my mind i'm thinking Ugh, back to back to square one here with this you know jerk character that comes in and then yeah you have an over-the-top performance that's you know has to grow on you or get improved over time i, I get it So John leaves Virginia's office. He comes across Dakota, who's kind of been a bit of a uh, uh, a thorn in Virginia's side or tries to play that up uh, this season, we find out. And he she basically tells John, like, hey, you're on the right path. She obviously is up to no good and just keep doing what you're doing. Um, and then Virginia, of course, tells her to go inside. Um, so John keeps on the trail he ends up going and digging up Cameron's body, um, which is a pretty cool scene because he had like, you know, maggots coming out of his worms coming out of his his face. And of course, since made, he's out. It, it made me tired watching that scene. I'm like, oh, yeah, he has a lot of digging. It's hot outside. He's doing it by mm-hmm. himself. It he probably doesn't smell great. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, of course, after he dig, he digs up the body and then. um some walkers come up and what before they come up, he notices on the body, it's clear that the throat is cut. Like there's a clear, like straight line right across his, uh, his throat. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the walkers come in, he has to defend himself. He ends up killing them. Um, isn't this where he also finds a piece of that knife too? Yeah. So after Mm -hmm. he goes to get up, he, yeah, he digs around a little bit and that's where he and finds it, something. And it, also it's also, I wanted to, I wanted to ask, wouldn't their cemetery be within the protected area? Like, I was think? wondering that too. I was like, grandma. Oh, wait, I have to worry about being eaten by walkers. No, I don't think I will. I was, yeah, I was curious about the positioning there, but all right. Uh, but, but it wasn't know, clear what he, sorry, I was just a good use of shovel. Yeah, yeah. Cut cut the head right off <clears throat> at the jaw. Uh, but it wasn't clear what he found right away. We know he found something. It looked almost like a 
a piece uh, of glass or blue yeah, or something. Yeah, it wasn't real clear. And so I at first I thought, well, is it Shark just tooth? because Yeah, yeah. I thought is it because the picture's muddy like normal and it's it's you know night and I can't and you can't see and I once once I explain what it is it's like oh okay I, I it, it, the intention wasn't for you to know what that was at that moment um, mm-hmm. so uh, he um, so he he next morning he he gets strand to go out there. And he explains to Strand, he's like, look, his, you know, he, he didn't die just being eaten on the fence. Like he was, his throat was, was cut. Um, and of course, Strand looks down and his whole, you know, he's been eaten up so that there's no throat left on him. The, the, the walkers that fell in the pit and, you know, ate, you know, chewed on it. Uh, so he doesn't prove that. But then he pulls out the part and he says, oh, this is a, a piece of a uh, of a knife, you know, the p- part of the handle of the knife. And then he says, well, Strand, you're you, you know, you're one on the council. You you can get into the armory. Right. And so then we cut cut to the armory. And and again, this is more John, the detective. Right. He goes looking through the log books. He finds uh, or for, through the evidence, through the, the weapons locker, essentially finds the missing item, looks it up in the book. And sure enough, it's a folding knife you know, with a bone handle, um, and it's missing. And so then he goes to look and see who, um, who, who was last to check out, uh, said knife. Oh uh, no, the page and, of the log the book has been missing. ripped out. Yes. Bum, bum, bum. What? Um, so again, he's, you know, more ahead again, always. Yeah. And, you know, John is trying to be altruistic about it and he's really onto it. And, I like the fact that Strand is just like, man, you're barking up the wrong tree. Like, even if all this is true, like he doesn't doubt the fact that Virginia's probably up to no good. He doesn't doubt John and 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 you know what he's trying to do. Strand's just just realistic about it and just is like, yeah. look, man, you're barking up the wrong tree with this. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong, but you, being right is not going to give you the outcome that you're expecting, and you need to just let this go. I was almost mad at that John like just let it go because you like you're acting like this is going to be a lawful <laughs> investigation this is not like yeah they killed your people to get you like it's none of this is going to be fair of course it's crooked like she's not good she doesn't care yeah or she has something she's done something behind it which means if you do keep digging somebody's gonna get hurt yep so it's like I really was like with John, like yo, let it go. He's like a dog of the bone, though. Yeah, you can't do it. And he almost had this. He's almost naive in, at times with this whole thing of like he expects people to have a sense of justice. Yeah, yeah. He he doesn't he doesn't understand why people wouldn't think the way he does. Like yeah. he's he's just you know. True of heart and doesn't yeah, really it, get it, why it's, it's angry because but it's not it's endearing and frustrating at the same time like yeah so he goes back to the jail because he's kind of on, he feels like he's on to something uh, and he knows that Janice is in is not in a good place and Janice basically says you know hey uh, you know just like just don't don't worry about it. Like, don't worry about me. I've made peace with this. Like, this is what she's doing. This is how she is. Um, I'm essentially at this point, she's just kind of given up. Like she knows that this isn't going to have a good outcome. Um, 
And then, of course, Virginia and Strand and then walk in and Strand covers for John and is like, oh, you know, because Virginia's surprised to see him there. And Strand covers and says, oh, John, I'm, I'm glad, you know, I, I'm glad you got my message to, to meet us. That was fast here. thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Good Strand. Um, and that's when it, it comes to light that Janice has confessed and um, she gives her events of what happened with uh, with Cameron's death. And obviously you could tell she's also lying because um, she. um, um She's also lying because um, she leaves out the part about the slit throat. So John, you know, John knows that um, nobody else, Strand knows it, but nobody else knows. It. I mean, obviously, Virginia is is in on this somehow. Um, but uh, but the fact that that didn't come up in the details, he even knows that it's not even, you know, that there's no chance that Janice is just is is actually the murderer and confessing because she left out that that key detail. Um. Yep. So then, um, I'm sorry, I lost my lost my path in my notes here. Um. Oh, so um, Janice just tells John, like, just just run, just like, just go, just you know, just. Uh, just go away. Just get out of here. Like go, you go like Virginia's not going to change. So, you know, take your stuff, go get June and just, and just run, run away. Um, and so John is still convinced that he can do something. So he's, uh-huh. he goes back to his, his little cabin. And again, throughout this whole thing, like the tooth thing starts to get more bothersome, right? Like, you know, at first he's, he's pretty happy go lucky about things and he's, uh, he's kind of doing his thing and um, and slowly but surely as he kind of it's almost like he's descending into madness. Was there a point at all during this episode where you thought maybe like he was dreaming some of this? Like this was like a fever dream from the inf- tooth infection or no, no, I never got there. It just the tooth thing just felt like it's not the worst of metaphors, but it was very much like a. It's right there. It's right. Yeah, it's very obvious. You know I mean? On the nose is what I was thinking, but it's yes. on the tooth, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, something's gnawing at him, and it won't leave him alone until he gets it out. Hmm. Interesting. They're <laughs> 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 not exactly subtle on the show sometimes. Yeah. No, no. Sometimes not over subtly. Um, so the rabbi pays him a visit um, and kind of... Um, um, to 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 um, let him know what's going on, and um, John ta- tells a story about his dad and a serial killer outside of Houston, and you know they were, you know how they they were able to get him, and they were you know a hundred percent convinced that this guy did it, uh, this this leader of this cult, but. You know, they could never tie, you know, and it was related to some murders, but they could never actually tie him directly to the murders. And so his dad ended up finding a purse inside um, this cult leader's you know, drawer inside his house or whatever. Um, and John you know, says, like, well, you know, he planted it. He, he planted that evidence. And then the rabbi says, well, was he convinced, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt um, that he did it? And uh 
And John's like, yeah, he, he was. And so that, you know, they get in this kind of philosophical discussion about, you know, doing the right thing for the, or doing the wrong thing for the right reason. Um, and, and all that. It was, it was kind of an interesting story, interesting story. And, and again, we learned more about John and you yeah. know, his upbringing and, you know, kind of what, what was going on with him. Um, and, um, so at that point, so, so I, I was taking my notes. I missed. So J- after he talks to the rabbi, John goes back out. He was going back to see Janice again, right? Like that was his, um, when he goes out to the tree? Yes. Mm-hmm. What, I, what led him out to the tree to, to hear the, 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 the radio? Well, he was trying to, at first he went to go bust Janice out. Right, and she was yeah. already gone. Oh, that's right. She yes, was already yes, gone. He, yes, he was going to break and her out and he run. He was going to break yeah. her out, and then and she was already gone. She was gone. And he remembered that story he told her about the, you know, putting the, punishing the person by putting them out. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sorry, sorry about that. a momentary child interruption that was distracted. But yeah, he went, she was already gone, mm-hmm. and then he heard the broom box. Right. Yes. And then, of course, he goes out there, which. I think I had that broom box, by the way. Yeah, oh, me I too. did. Magnavox. I know I did. It yeah. looks exactly like the one I had. Mine had dual cassettes, though. <laughs> Um, and it, so, yeah, and that, again, that relates to the story that, um, Virginia told Strand earlier, or, um, uh, John earlier in the episode about how, when everything first, when the puzzle went to pieces, uh, that's what she, that's As she, what she says. Said. Yeah. Um, I like how she did that though, the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that she was with a settlement and somebody did something and the way they punished the, oh, she, one guy killed another guy over like a, a, some food or a can of tuna, I think is what she said. And, um, the punishment was they took the guy that did the killing and they basically put him outside, tied him down and then, um, turned up a bunch of loud music to attract a bunch of walkers. So of course, when, when John hears the, the radio and goes out there, sees the boom box in the tree, sees the, the stake in the, in the, um, in the ground and then sees a bunch of walkers, um, chewing the bottom half of a person. Oof. Um, and then keeps looking, and of course mm-hmm. he finds the top half of Janice. I, I love his reaction, though. Like, yeah. Like, he, well, he's a good actor, so it's not like mm-hmm. <laughs> it was something he, he wasn't capable of doing. Yeah. But I just love the anger that built in him when he when he saw that. Yeah. And so of course he's he ends up taking her remains. He buries her. And then he confronts Strand and asks, you know what strands deal was in this. And he basically said, look, I'm, you know, I, I, I knew I was trying to protect you. And so, man, John takes the butt of his pistol and, you know, well, he's, smacks he's the him one in who the head. Ginny that, uh-huh. He's the one that, but he's the one who told Ginny that Janice was a flight risk. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, so I, that's why, that's why he was mad. Like, yeah. yeah Even he though he knew front, that he was going to do something stupid, like he was. And right. you're trying to save him for, like Strand is trying to keep the group alive. It's like Strand truly knows how to play though. the game. Like he, yeah, you know, he plays is, the game. John is not a game player. No, not John him. is John is a. I'm just going to go with the flow because it's yeah. the path of least resistance. Strand is. I know what it takes to play this game so that we all come out alive because I've right. been down this road before. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, that is so true. Like, you know, yeah, like just the anger and it's you know just the, I I don't know I just love those two. I I think of them as as you know some of the strongest of the show. Oh yeah, and so to see those two just interact with each other and they're like so different from having. I like you know, I like how you put that interact with each other. They beat the crap out of each other and yeah. John almost almost shoots him if the rabbi hadn't kicked the gun out. Yeah, of him. yeah. yeah. But I even yeah, no. like so yeah, interacting sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I even like the conflict like when he hit. Shran, Shran knew he had it coming, first of all, but mm-hmm. he still yes. jumped on him like, dummy, I'm <laughs> I know I would probably feel the same way if I was Shran. Like, you are determined to get, every time we turn around, you're determined to get killed somehow. Like, trying to do, you know, trying to do the right thing. And, and it's like so hard to keep you from not losing it. And Strand is like, if I could just keep the group together long enough, I could find a way Probably find the weak link and exploit find it. Find the weak link. And it's like if you guys would just not <laughs> mess this up so we could, you know, survive this. And I could just feel the I think that comes from Strand being able to play it so well and knowing that character for so long, you know, on the show. Like you felt it when he did because he didn't have to run at him for it. Like he got it. But I think he just was so mad and frustrated with him about like probably with everything like have what he had to do to Amelia you know to kind of send her away and like this whole thing of trying to trying to get this thing keep this thing together um yeah i just i love that scene like that was my favorite because it was such a it was an emotional scene it wasn't what it looked like you know it looked like two guys just wanting to knock the crap out of each other but it was i don't think it really was just that it was just so much underneath it, you know, that they're all trapped in this prison. And it's just, I just loved that they're both trying to deal with it in their own ways. One trying to stay true to himself, but they're both are trying to stay true to themselves. And Shran's way is to play the, the game and John's way isn't. So yeah, it's just, it's just an amazing scene for me. I just loved it. Agreed. Um, So after all this, uh, Virginia kind of does what she did almost with Strand, where she makes John the hero. And it was because of his investigation and his dedication to, you know, justice and everything else that, you know, they were able to get to the bottom of it. And she promotes him to a full blown ranger Um, and all the the perks that come with that uh, position. And again, John is like they, they they zoom up on him. The tooth is really just like in full effect of of irritating him. You know, his eyes are even kind of watering up at this point. He's just so like distraught and angry mm-hmm. um, with it all. And so um, so afterwards, he he goes back to his house. Um, there's a knock on the door. He gets up, and then there's June. And it looks like Virginia has transferred her back to, uh, to the town. And, uh, so another uh, way to play him. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Oh, you know, it, again, just kind of kiss, keep lulling you into that. Um, not only into- lulling, but also saying, listen, let me remind you if you want to play that game again. Yeah. It's not going to be Janice. That's in the cell. It's going right. to be. 
it's going to be June next time. Right. And that, yeah, because John hasn't played this game well. Like, it's yeah. just another, like, kick in the kick in the throat. So then, of course, at the end of the episode, John goes into the bathroom, grabs a pair of pliers, and yanks out the tooth. Um, right. Which didn't feel like, you know, sometimes that stuff can feel a little painful watching on TV. This actually felt relieving. I was like, oh, good. I probably took, yeah, probably felt like taking a load off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta let that go. Yeah. yeah. It was a gnawing pain as opposed to, you know, just ripping it out and letting it, you know, letting that go. The uh, mission accomplished sign was a little much, but besides that, I mean, <laughs> pretty well. <laughs> um, so then we come back to Morgan. And he's driving along and he's talking to the dog and uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom, he gets T-boned by another vehicle. Um, that got and, me off guard. That was okay. yeah, yeah. I, didn't yeah. I thought about it coming because it's been lately. I just from like is watching so many shows. Whenever there's a car that passes a lot of um, uh, crossroads. I noticed that usually that means they're about to have a, a collision with another another uh, car. Yeah. But I was like, no, nah, they're not going to do that with this. This is the end of the show, the episode. It'll, no. No <laughs> way. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets T-boned. Morgan gets out. And uh, it's the two It's two of the spray paint guys, right? Like, yeah. It's two, two of the, guys of the geniuses who are the best fighters in the group. Yeah. He has a good he has a good line though. Or what does he say? Because he because he he asked him like that was an accident. The words you say better be I'm sorry or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, that was funny. That was a good line. And then they ask him about the key. They said, "Oh, did I forget who it was? Uh, Emil give you Emil, the key?" Yeah. And he said something about Virginia. And they're like, "Who's Virginia?" And so that totally caught Morgan off guard. Um, and of course they make a move, and he totally guts the one guy yeah. to where yeah. literally that's guts not him. even a warning shot like it was just a straight up yeah you just like see everything always outside always yeah always inside, inside on, the outside. on the outside yeah um, was, uh, no good and then turns around with, with the other guy and stabs him with the with the other end of this the the non-pointy end of the stick the less pointy end the less pointy end yes um and takes but him he out forces it into his chest man. yeah yes uh. Also brutal. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's, he, well, the other Morgan is dead, right? So. Yeah. Because um, usually he warned you about 15 times before <laughs> this happens. Yes. Uh, so then he's got the um, the key around his neck. Um, and so, again, it's like, you know, you know, the symbolism with the key. So, you know, if we see the key everywhere, you know, the, the key is the, as their symbol of rank, the key is the flag. And then, uh, and then of course, I think the, the real key is the key that Morgan has, which a doesn't look like the other key, uh, that they use as their symbol. Um, but B is obviously, uh, the key to something very, very important. So did it have to shine like the Excalibur? It really like when they asked and he said I don't have it. And they start fighting. It immediately popped out of his chest. It was yeah, like, oh, that yeah. key, the yes. giant one that he <laughs> that's shining so brightly in slow motion at that. Like, these, funny these, keys. these keys. 
And that's where the episode ends. With Morgan and his key. That's right. Call me the locksmith. That's right. All right. So we'll do our Tobies for this, this episode. I'm going to go first this week. I will give this for Tobies. I really like this episode. Um, again, I think this was a great character study. Um, Dillahunt, as usual, when they focus on Garrett Dillahunt, um, it's, it's usually a pretty, a pretty good episode. Um, and again, he's just really into this character. Um, and, and just does a good job. And I think, again, like I said, I've been pretty down on Colby Minifee, um, in her prior performances. I'm not really that big on her and the boys. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised by her, her performance this episode. So I'm hoping that she's, again, like we talked about, she's kind of settling into the role. Um, bringing Strand in, I thought was, was nice to kind of just give us a little bit more of like slowly kind of weaving characters in, even though these are kind of like single character, focus type episodes or dual mm-hmm. character focus episodes, bringing the others in even just, uh, just a little bit is nice. And then of course, having the Morgan bits kind of bookend uh, the episodes is, is good. So we could kind of keep that progression of what's going on with Morgan. So um, again, I thought it was, I thought it was well paced. I thought it was, I thought again, the, the detective aspect of it and giving us more backstory on, uh, on John Dory, I thought was really good. So solid, solid episode for me this week. Dr. Current, how many Tobies would you give it? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to give it a uh, 4.5. Oh, look at uh, you. Cause I really, really dug this episode. I thought it was great. I mean, you know, it's always good to see John, but I mean, they really put him through the paces with this. Uh, that conversation he had with the rabbi, uh, that was great. Uh, you know, and, and, and just the emotions that he had with all of this. Um, I think it worked. It just, it, I don't, I didn't see, you know, I, I think everybody stepped up for this. You know, I think everybody was pretty good with this uh, episode. It was a slow one. It was a steady one. It wasn't a fast, kinetic, crazy yeah. episode. It was pretty subdued and all the subtext was, was, you know, was all in these in this episode, so I think that that's why everybody was allowed to really pull from from good places. So I, I definitely loved it. Aaron, I'm at a four. I, I like this episode. I, I think it. I mean, you guys have already knocked out most of the things I like about it. Garrett Dillahunt getting the spotlight. The you know compared to last week, which was more which was more of a kinetic episode as far as kind of a race against time and moving around and what have you. This was more of a subdued detective episode and so you got a different kind of pacing but i think it worked well the writing was you know about about as strong as it needs to be for an episode like this and just yeah to enhance the characters did it even worked in the you know another staple of walking dead it's obvious symbolism without feeling like it's overwhelming or eye-rollingly uh you know dull so uh no i was i was into this episode i uh yeah for for uh toby's mr deets I also give it for Toby. Solid episode, solid performance for uh, Dillahunt. Uh, the bit with the rabbi was good. Uh, the overarching thing going on with Jenny is getting more interesting for me as it's going on. And yeah, so I give it a solid for Toby's. Excellent. Well, that's what we thought. 
this week for for the Fear the Walking Dead. What did the listeners think over at the Facebook group? Yes, if you go to Facebook.com and look for the Walking Dead TV podcast, you'll find us there, and you can join, and you too could chime in with your opinions uh, on the different uh, Walking Dead shows. Uh, for the for the key, we had a few people chime in. First off, we got Kevin Barry, five Tobys out of five. I found the internal struggle JD was going through to be great TV and was engaged the whole time. What I've liked about uh, these first few episodes is that each has been different. Each week, we got the emotional low winter sun crime drama. This week, we got the emotional low winter sun crime drama episode. (laughs) Which was different than the beer buddy episode we got last week. Uh, I enjoyed the short Morgan segments as the bookends to each episode. I think it should be sponsored by Taco Bell for how long each segment lasts. Hashtag Liv Moss. Nice shout-out. Thanks, Kevin. Um, Lisa Lisa Kelly wrote in, four Tobys out of five. Great to see John again. Finally, as usual, his acting was brilliant. Enjoyed Strand's scenes. And whoa, how awesome was Morgan was Morgan's fight scene. Uh, now I'm from Australia. If my comment makes it on the show, do... Oh, now I gotta, hold on a second. <clears throat> oh, well, Darren might have saved me here. Uh, do you reckon you could read it with an Aussie accent, LOL? Uh, but Darren says, please, don't make us Aussies suffer that. So I'll listen to Daryl, <laughs> Darren on that one. Thanks, Darren. I appreciate the uh, the save on that. Nobody wants to hear me do an outback of mate, right? <laughs> Nobody needs that. Good day. Uh, d- good day to you, mate. How'd you like your steak today, outback, right? Uh, for- <laughs> Blooming onion. You're a blooming onion, right? This is Blue not up. Australian anymore. <laughs> no, no, it's not. This is called... Losing listeners. <laughs> <laughs> this is called offending a whole continent. Good job. <laughs> Darren Apple. Uh, 4.5 Ginny's sister is a broken serial killer out of five. Hmm. There's only one person Ginny would protect that hard. Interesting. Good Good theory. Uh, her, sister is de- her sister is definitely marching to the beating of her own drum. And if not a mole, is at least a morbidly, is morbidly interested in our Toby group. Uh, Brent Jones also chimed in three commercial breaks out of every scene after every scene out of five. Uh, are there a lot of commercials on the broadcast version of this? Any more than usual? I don't know. I wouldn't know. I don't know either. Uh, glad to see my favorite character is back. Enjoyed his story. Hard to stay engaged with the amount of commercials. Maybe I'm spoiled from usually watching on delay. Would like to see some sense of scale for Jenny's territory. How many other locations? How far apart? How big an area? Are people scattered across? That is a good question. Yeah, we're in a little bit of a season eight Walking Dead thing where it's like, wait, how far is everything? <laughs> right, <laughs> how exactly. long does it take to get these places? So you came back to Alexandria from where? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, same kind of distance problems, I guess. Thanks for writing in, everybody. We really appreciate it. Now we move on to the world beyond. I like how, by the way, that the Australian listeners were able to get in their Tobies before some of the regular posters that are probably oh. not in Australia. Just saying. <laughs> no. Sick burn. Ouch. You're going to take that lane down, uh, North American oh, listeners? <laughs> Come on now. I wouldn't. Heck, if I were eligible, I'd leave a comment. But and I've already made my comment. I hope they can take it standing up. <laughs> and, and take it any way they can. Any which way to lose, that's what I say. Nobody wants to hear about Clyde the Orangutan at this point. Okay, <laughs> let's move on, please. 
That movie's going to bring back a whole bunch of bad childhood memories if we talk about it. Um, Clyde, do to you. <laughs> when my father bought our very first VCR when we were children, the first three movies he bought were Smoking the Bandit, Every Which Way But Loose, and Cannibal Run. And as as uh, because of that, I have unfortunately memorized every bit of those movies <laughs> through no fault of my own. <laughs> did you did you eventually get any which way you can? Yes, yes, we. Did. That was one of the six movies on cable when we first got cable. Like <laughs> yes, <laughs> that too. Right, that's why I ended up watching Grease and Moonraker so many times yes. because of that. What Russ is talking about, they're on. HBO a million times one summer. Hey, yes, one of those is were. great. One of those is great, and the other one's Grease. That's right. I agree. <laughs> I, I can't stand Grease. My sisters loved it, but I can. I still can't stand Grease. R.I.P. R.I.P. Another James Bond. Oh. Yeah, man. Mm. I know. All right. Walking Dead: World Beyond. Season one, episode five, Madman Across the Water. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's an album. I didn't know that. Oh. Um, so our crew is steadfastly headed towards the mighty Mississippi. Um, and they talk about how the bridges were all blown when everything went to hell. Um and so getting across the river is going to be very challenging because they need a boat. Um, oh, but, but Russ, Russ, can we talk about another show? You want to talk about another show, right? You don't want to talk about this show. Uh, I don't. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just repeating the nonsense that went on the entire episode. You don't want to go that way. You want to tell them to go the <laughs> oh, other way. Yeah. You don't want to go the way that you're telling them he's, to go. He's felixing us. Oh, my God. Dr. Kurtz become Felix. <laughs> Quite the odd couple. Look. Yes. <laughs> Look, Dr. Current, your boyfriend's waiting there in New York for us, too. Not just our dad, okay? Fine. Come with us. That's right. right. Um, so all the boats, of course, they get, you know, they get to the coast. They see all the boats have been disabled. Um, so uh, they're trying to figure, figure out what to do. Felix well, the boat keeps... don't work, right? The boat don't. Yeah. Felix keeps working Elton, though. He keeps yeah. telling, like Dr. Current mentioned. Work the poor little boy. Just work yeah. him until he's so nervous he doesn't. And know. Elton's like, wait a minute, I didn't agree to, yeah. to this. And he's like, well, you, you, you did, but yes, you, you did. Yes, you you did, did, but you didn't, right? Yeah. Yes, she <laughs> um, did. And so Iris decides she wants to build, you know, continuing her Iris streak here, um, she wants to, to build a boat with what's left of stuff they find. Sure. Uh, she watched that uh, that uh, classic show, Fear of the Walking Dead, where they built an airplane. They're like, hey, yes. they can, can build an it. airplane. We can build a boat. Come on. It's a big One deal. of these is more believable than the other. It is true. Uh, Although something happens in this episode that is extremely eye-rolling unbelievable. Yeah. Please. Yeah. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Elton has a flashback to him as a boy um, where we could see his parents were... Um, I guess academics, like he's at the university. They, I, I got the impression they were both either professors or um, some sort of teachers of of history or science or you know so, something like that. Um, and so they're you know, again, he he was five years old at the time of the flashback. 
Um, and so it's again the, the the flashbacks of this episode are kind of centered on El- Elton and uh, what happened the day that that everything the day the sky fell as they call it in the show. Well, well we find out why he has claustrophobia. Like, yes, we had that before right. in the episode, like him being afraid afraid of small places, and now we know why it's because on the night the sky fell. I still don't think it's ever become a thing. I'm no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. He was uh, in a crate the whole time to keep yeah. him safe. Yeah. From the from the apocalypse with the uh, a triceratop horn. Yes. That yes. His father gave him right. It's like kind of a magic thing to keep him focused. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, he can use it for drugs or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so we come back and um, they start talking about how they can. Um, make this boat and so they can make a steam boiler using um, air conditioners and uh, parts that they found in the in the warehouse and I was like what like all of a sudden, exactly so what was what was strange about this though is uh-huh. Iris is the smart one right like she's like book smart and everything and she's like we can make one of those like uh, steam boiler thingies and and um, and then they basically put it on hope as like, oh, it's it's kind of like when you made that still, like we could we could. I was like, what? Like what, I don't what? know. They mix up there. It's like they forget what character can do what. Sometimes it's like what because one of them is supposed to be like, <laughs> hope is supposed to be the one that can put things together, like more of an engineer, right? That's kind of her thing. One like of them is supposed to be more rebellious than the other, but then both of them are like you know, supposedly, like, engineering wizards, because the one made stink bombs last episode, remember? And, and she yeah. put that machine back together again. Yeah, it smoke. But, like, Iris it. is, like, the hard science person, right? Like, she's, right. you know, going to university, she's getting a degree, and she's just, like, there's a couple times this episode where she just doesn't understand, like, she's trying to say something, and she doesn't understand the technical term for it, and I'm just like, what is going on here? I mean, they're both smart characters. At the same time, they're you know, they're teenagers and they're not used to build sure. having not having a mastery of the nautical arts. I think they can get a pass for not under pressure, knowing everything they need to say at the, the right second. Like that's not a thing that's really bugging me. Did uh, Forge from the X Men join this group? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Put together whatever. Um, there was a whole bit about them burning the nail polish away. You built <laughs> armor with scraps yeah. in a cave. Yeah. Um, really? So Huck pulls Felix, or Felix pulls Huck aside. Yeah. Um, so obviously, too. Yeah. And they, they, yeah, they talk about Elton. Of course, Hope is listening in. She overhears, and she kind of freaks out and gets and gets. Uh, you know, confronts Elton over, you know, that he was going to sell them out and, you know, that they're all going to head, you know, trying to head back. And um, it turns into a, a big old, uh, a big old thing. I um, like that because he, he wears that corduroy suit. It felt like he like shrunk three sizes when he's like, no, 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 no not me. Then we get a little bit of so they kind of separate off a little bit and then Hope ends up talking to Huck and. Um, she gives a little bit of her backstory and that I guess they found her floating on the Missouri river and, um, she was kind of like out of it 
And so I guess that's why they call her Huck. Like Huck's not really her name. They just, mm-hmm. I, I guess they were riffing on Huck Finn because they. That's, yeah, that's, that's been my guess yeah, from the, the get go, right. honestly. It's like it's got to be some kind of Huckleberry Finn thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, You're my I hope, Huckleberry. I hope her father's named Tom. <laughs> you can only hope. Or Jim, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh even wow. better. Uh, and then uh, Felix talks to, to then Felix talks to Hope and um, you know she kind of talks to him it, it, she kind of gives him a hard time you know like hey you know we we were so excited when you kind of came to our family because we thought you were going to be the brother we never had and you know my father took you in and you know you never really got close to us and you never really acted that way and um, you know that you know you pulled away when you had that opportunity, and and, and it was just kind of like this moment between um between between the two of them. Um, and yeah. I guess it it's kind of like you know long time coming, right? You know, obviously this tension has been building up for a while between them. Uh, can you guys give me two minutes? I need to check on something real quick. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no sure. problem. All right, we're back. I just left the pot pie in the oven again. Yeah, you got it. He's, he's over 50. He has to go pee, dude. <laughs> Indeed. Dun, dun, dun. I wonder what they're going to tell us that work tomorrow or our virtual mean mandatory meeting about voting. Oh, we already we, we got an email <laughs> just explaining like, hey, go vote if you need to or whatever. I uh, I have to uh, I have to leave work, go to a doctor's appointment, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'm gonna go. I'll stop at the dispensary, right? And then I'm going to come home, and we're probably not gonna leave the house for the rest of the week. Plus, they're scared. <laughs> I mean, plus they're also scared of you know of possible rioting. Rioting. So there's there's yeah. that too. So I don't know what they're gonna tell us. need a place to hold up. We have our own water supply. <laughs> we grow a lot of our own food. If they make it all the way over here, that's that's crazy. That's just crazy. Who knows? I'm just trying to save myself the stress, you know, of tomorrow. Oh man, please! I'm gonna. I'm trying to finish. Uh, because my wife will be like glued. She'll have the TV on, the computer on, mm-hmm. her phone. Yeah, on. I can't do that. All on different things. I can't do that. I'm gonna try to finish Clone Wars, the last, because I'm trying to get up to the last season. Oh, cool. So I'm trying to finish that up. Try. I'm trying. I'm trying. I watched a bunch of old episodes of sneak previews and then Cisco and Ebert. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. That was super fun, man. It was, uh, it was great to see them. I, it was funny. I watched one from 1980 and they were like, uh, they were talking about these uh, old men who made these like played out genres. They were talking about like Charlton Heston mm-hmm. making a mummy movie. And he was like, and uh, Cisco says something, look, some strong man breaking into a tomb and destroying everything to get out the riches. That's old-fashioned movie-making. Nobody wants to see that anymore. And I'm thinking, oh, and then the very next year, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh-huh. 
Uh, it's just, it's just funny. So, uh, I saw you, saw you ate fish. Yeah, I tried. You didn't, actually, it's funny because I'm on this thing right now picking out my meals. I, these factor meals, uh, I bought some. I've been trying them, like taking them to lunch, so I won't have to cook so much. Right. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. And I tried that one just to see. That's cool. It's pretty good. Like they got fresh food and stuff like that. Even their turkey meat is, is really good. They season it. I mean, they actually, actually season it. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it. You know, they have seasonings. You could, you know, <laughs> buy and season your own food. I'm just saying, you know, you don't, you don't have to, but you can. Wow. Was, That's what I do. I'm just, yeah. I was a chef. I would cook so, all the time. Tonight, tonight, we had a delicious brisket. I cooked for slowly over six hours, and it turned out delightfully. Oh, I had a spaghetti and sausage parmigiano. Oh, we had chicken parm last night. All right, Russ, you good? I'm good. Yeah, I got about 25 minutes. So I just got right. roll. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> All right. Um, <clears throat> so now we get the, there's a there's a storm coming. Uh, storms are brewing. The storms are brewing, and they've got to get the boat uh, going. So they got the boiler running. But they can't get it hot enough, burning just like twigs and sticks and stuff, um, to get the propeller going and and to keep the pressure up. Uh, so they have the bright idea that oh, didn't when we saw that warehouse back there, there was a bunch of nail polish. Um, so Silas and Elton go on a mission to um, to get a bunch of nail polish so they could burn the nail polish to to burn. Uh, that fast. is clever. I do like that. That's yeah. A, I didn't think of that. that that's that something neat. That's it. a neat like bring something into this. That's you know, innovative. I guess. I just, I just wonder, like, is that really gonna burn like that? <laughs> but anyway, right. I guess it's not important. I guess it's, 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 yeah. I'm overthinking it. <laughs> um, I, like the mon- I like the montage of them building the boat. Then that was fun. Oh, we could always use more montages. Yeah, exactly. I love a good montage. Yes. Uh, then they find Daiquiri Town. I thought that was kind of funny because <laughs> that, that billboard kept saying, "Was it like ten miles up or ten miles high or something?" Yeah, like that. We, can't, we can't afford the Margaritaville trademark, so <laughs> yeah, Daiquiri Town. Daiquiri Town. <laughs> um, so then uh, we found out at this point, Felix says that he was supposed to go with um, with their dad, um, but he stayed. He stayed behind to make sure that the girls were taken care of, um, and that was kind of his his motivation. Um, so it wasn't that he was, um, yeah, you know, Hope is kind of taking it out on him that they that he didn't go with with their dad to protect him, um, and it kind of gets back to the whole brother thing, and it's like no, he stayed behind specifically to. Um, to take care of the girls because that's that's what their dad wanted is is to make sure that they were taken care of so um so he's kind of again more more that kind of bonding thing um uh, uh, so then we get the other flashback and this is when elton's dad gives him the horn puts him in the box um and and sets him up for when things go really really bad um so then, of course, outside, uh, there's a big lightning strike, 
and a pole falls and of course it falls on the 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 daiquiri town <laughs> and uh i thought that was interesting though because you're like hey do you feel that it's like it, uh what are the what, it feels tingly or something like that and they're like duck um uh and then of course yeah, the, 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 my favorite was where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gee, I don't know. Where does lightning come from generally? The sky? <laughs> um, so, of course, the pole falls on the building. And that did, that, did that look as cheesy as, to me as it did to everyone else here? Eh. Yes. But, right, I you. mean, not yeah. the best. Uh, not the yeah, best, okay. but it is what okay. it is. All right. Okay, all right. At least you didn't say that uh, X-Men line when... Uh, what happened to Frog struck by lightning? Yeah, we should say something like that. Could have been worse. Whedon swears that they butchered that line, that he didn't write it that way, but... Sure. That was that was part of his punch-ups to the script, uh-huh. Joss Whedon. Uh-huh. Um... Anyway, so yeah, of course, the, the pole fall, you know, the, the electrical pole falls on the building, and walkers come out, and so then they have to, you know, they have to make a break for it. Um... Elton and Silas make it back, you know, of course, not before falling and spilling uh, one whole uh, thing of it. Did, did you guys get the so when when Elton falls and the one uh, pail of nail polish kind of splays all over the place? Did you see the look on Silas's face like he kind of was freaked out for a minute there? Mm-hmm. Mm, I mean, you know, look, I don't know if I read more into it than frustration or anger or whatever but i just thought i almost thought it was like a little ptsd like he was seeing blood like from yeah i thought he freaked out like i think that i thought that what they were kind of uh, and again maybe i'm reading more into it but i kind of got oh, that or from, i just i just wasn't paying enough attention beyond like oh he spilled the thing <laughs> <That's more than laughs> <that>. <laughs> um so they they uh obviously they make it back um uh, I thought Felix rigged up the he, he grabbed the pocket uh, the pocket fisherman and ran the the fishing line around a couple trees a bunch to kind of slow the walkers down or at least funnel them so if the ones that get around you know would kind of go one by one so he could kind of pick them off um, I thought that was, that was actually fairly clever um, I thought that was clever it just they didn't use it much beyond like waiting you know, I was like okay go stab yeah. him now like what are you not like stab him in the face that's what you, that thing's for right your big poking stick. That's what I kept yeah. thinking to myself. <laughs> and he, um, he was like, wait, he waited forever too. He's waiting yeah. for the girls to get. It. I was like, what's that? Like, go kill those. You you train you train in this. This is like yeah. your thing. Exactly. You have one thing you do. You stab things in the face. Like, do that. <laughs> uh, so of course they they feed the nail polish into the. Um, to the boiler and it works for a little bit and then it stops and they realize that um, it, it's it's quote broken and it's the belt that came off of the the fan, the um, the propeller. So um, obviously it's a very small space. And so the only one that can get through there is Elton because he's tiny. He's a tiny, <laughs> tiny little boy. I wish I was I wish I wish Silas tried first and was like, mm, and then like, and then they got Elton. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be funny. Um, so of course, you know, the claustrophobic kid has to go up under the boat. Um, and of course, if, you know, first he tries to, to say he can't do it and, um, and then he ends up doing it. And of course we get, you know, the flashbacks to, you know, when, you know, him, him being stuck in the box. Um, good juxtaposition. I like this. 
that yeah. for me. Um, so then he's able to, to kind of crawl his way through. He fixes the, um, the, the, uh, puts the belt back on, tries to get back out. And then he's stuck and just freaks out, just like completely freaks out. Cause he can't, he can't, you know, get, get back out. Um, um, but eventually he gets, he gets pulled out. Um, they, uh, they get to the boat and they can't, they can't push the boat. Like the boat is, is too landlocked. Um, and they're not able to get it while the walkers are, sl- are slowly closing, uh, in on them. That montage didn't include them digging a path for the yeah. boat to go on. <laughs> yeah. Or laying a bunch of, uh, a, a bunch of, uh, um, logs so it could roll it could just roll over um but then of course felix comes to the rescue with a lever and is able to pull up on it so they can get the the boat in um and at that point hope was ready or um uh, iris was ready to to give it up right like she was like look we you know it, just it's run not worth it yeah go, no go ahead as they just run for it right that was there yeah 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 um ditch, ditch, ditch the boat and until Felix comes in, it's like, guys, guess what? I have caveman technology. We push it with this lock. Yeah. <laughs> we use a, a Sam a... and Frodo and uh, Mary and Pippin <laughs> got on the raft and were barely, just barely made it away from the Nazgul. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so of course they get on the, they get on the, the, their makeshift raft. They, float to the other side of the river um and then when they get there and kind of get situated uh they decide huck has this idea of divide and conquer and so she's like well i'm gonna go ahead and scout ahead a couple days you know just so we could kind of stay on the up and up do do you guys get the feeling that maybe there's like she's up to something like maybe she's not on quite on the up and up or am I reading too much? Yeah, no, I don't. I, I do. I think that I think especially when we get to the what's supposed to happen, what it looks like is supposed to happen next next week. I think that is a I think she is a uh, Trojan horse or something. As they I say. mean, it's also just she's the only one that hasn't had a flashback episode yet. So I just a few I assume like whatever shenanigans they might be trying to pull i think is more of a misdirect of anything like if i don't know if she, you know she's cahooting with uh julia ormond or something we'll see but i mean i think it's more of we can finally get some clarity on her next week yeah via flashbacks or whatever and kind of get us in a better ideally in a better path as far as her character goes yeah i figure that or she's going to be the white knight right like the the main group gets in trouble she's been scouting mm-hmm. ahead and she comes back to get them out of whatever yeah. situation they're in because she wasn't in you know captured or whatever um anyway so I, I i thought that was interesting that she decides to go to go it alone um and figure it out um so then we cut over to elton who i i guess this that's his mom's like i what do you think like her doctoral dissertation or um it, she, it's, he said it before it, didn't it, he that she never like finished a, it's like a yeah it's like a kid's science book i thought he said she never finished it Oh, okay. Because it looked like yeah. a manuscript or something. Like it was. He like said it was book something book. like that. Like I a, think it's. I think it's a book of exposition and plot uh, plot twists. I think that's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now it's, that it's I would like the, more. It's, it's called the MacGuffin Chronicle. Yes, I <laughs> love that. I would love that. But he's kind of making his notes in the. You know, he's obviously the. the you know, at the beginning, it's you know her narrating to you know the, to him, and you know the, it's dedicated. You could see at the beginning, it's dedicated to him, and um. Oh, and that's the other bit. So, so he's he's going through this and writing in this, 
And then Hope comes up and looks at him and he's she's like, oh, he's he's he even says like, oh, I keep thinking maybe that her, you know, my mom and, and my my sister Esmeralda are out there somewhere. And, um, you know, maybe maybe one day I'll find him. You know, that's kind of stupid. And and Hope is like, oh, maybe she is out there. And she looks down and sees a picture of I guess it's him and his mom. And mm. of course. But didn't she already? Did I miss it? Like, I thought she already knew she killed his mom. Right? No, no, we there knew never that. Any pictures. Okay, we no, okay. we knew that. We we've, gotcha, we've gotcha. been ahead of them, but no, he she didn't know that specifically. And her sister knows she killed somebody. Yes, right, right, right. But, yeah, but, but, yeah, but he sure. never showed a picture to to her. To okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, was, we didn't have that confirmation. We just so tried. she yeah, so she kind of freaks out a little bit because she realized that the person that killed her mom and that she turned around and killed back um, was in fact uh, yeah. Elton's mom and his and and her uh, her child. It's gonna, it's gonna like, keep them from making out until season two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I mean, they make a big point of the whole the bracelet, right? Like you know, she had the bracelet on of the solar system, um, which is what fell apart, and and Hope ended up picking up Jupiter. Like that's her thing that she wears around her neck. Um. So obviously that's gonna be the thing that that blows that up. Um, um, but yeah, then we get to, um, poor Elton when he gets, you know, he hears a bunch of shooting, a bunch of soldiers, all this craziness. He gets out of the box. He goes right outside the, um, the place where they were hiding out and he sees his dad like right there, you know, um, having been eaten up by zomb by zombies and a bullet in his head. So obviously the, the soldiers that were there, um, took care of things. Took care of him. Yeah. It's and very sad. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was heart wrenching yeah. cause he just like looks at it and then he's a five year old kid. And then, um, and, and then, you know, he just kind of, kind of walks on and he finds a map. I guess it's like, Hey, you know, the, the, from the, from the army, they drop leaflets or whatever. And so he's picks up the map and just starts walking. Um, and I, you know, I'm assuming that's, how he comes across the uh, the group where he's at, which is something for a kid that age to to go through that and then find the map and then, you know, he found his way over there. I think that's a that's a pretty major thing. Yeah. And then of course, they come across somebody at the end of the episode, and it is clearly not a not a walker or an MTSXA. Yeah. Maybe. And that's oh, where we end this it's episode. Bo- it's Boba Fett. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Cobb. No, it's just a guy. It's just a guy in his armor. It's Cobb. It's a crossover. Oh, it's, just, it's just a guy in Boba Fett's armor. It's not Boba Fett. Yeah. Right. All right. So, what do we give our? How many big mo's do we give this episode? Aaron Newworth. How many big mo's? I, I mean, this one's carrying on the path of last week, which I thought was the best episode yet. So this one's by default, I think, even. I don't know, but it's about the same as last week, so I, which I think I gave a three big mo's. So I'd go three big mo's here. I think the episode, you know, we can talk about the little things here and there that are bugging us because the show's just finding its footing still, and ideally it'd take a quarter amount of time to do that. But as it stands, they're figuring things out a bit. I like the momentum of this plotting this week as far as what we need to do, and uh, the 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 Elton stuff I do think works as far as his kind of flash. If you're gonna do like the lost approach or whatever, like I think it was effective this week. 
um, as far as giving me what I need to know. Meanwhile, Silas is still kind of like a, well, he did something bad, I guess. So by comparison, this one I think is a little stronger. So yeah, three big Mo's. Jim Dietz, big Mo. I'm afraid I am going to have to differ with my friend Aaron's opinion here. We are halfway through the first season of this now. Yeah. This is like the point five season finale should be. I mean, if you're not going to get your footing by the first half of your first season, then what are you, Arrow? I mean, <laughs> come on. Oh, big, big slam out of nowhere on Arrow. Damn. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, they should, we, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we, have, we should have more of our footing than we do. We should care about these characters more than we do at this point, I feel. Anyway, I give it a 2.5. Again, just very down the middle, very mediocre um, in a very, um, uh, you know, a Morton Joe kind of way. Mediocre. So. Dr. Current, how many big mo's? Uh, two, two big mo's. Uh, again, I don't even want to repeat the same stuff. I still feel about the same about these characters than I did, uh, what, three episodes ago, four episodes ago. So it really hasn't changed much. Not a little uh, surprise. I thought you guys would like this one a little bit more this week. I thought, I thought it was really didn't for, 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 I don't for know, what, I, to, what I've been getting. I thought it was pretty firm. Felix, I think that whole thing with Felix with the key trying to like, I just wish they'd find somebody to, to, to know that it's nothing to go back to already. Cause this whole thing of him trying to convince these kids to go back. Right. I would like to quote Aaron Newworth to himself. Uh, Felix, you need to shut up now. Yes. Right. <laughs> That's exactly what you said last week, Aaron. It was in my mind all episode as I watched it this week. Fair enough. And I'm just like, come on, Felix. Bear, you know, get over Especially it, Especially somebody you're on, you're who's supposed road. to be yeah. the brother to these girls. Like, right. he just, right. Exactly. yeah. It's like I mean, he I just get... met them yesterday. Part of it was, yeah, I mean, there's there's stuff like that that's wonky. But part of it for me this week was that there was nothing that stood as glaringly dumb. Like, even last week, an episode that, again, I thought was fine, where they're like, I know how to get around wolves, and they just walk around the wolf. It's like, there's nothing like that that stuck out to me as far as being like, this is stupid. Right, so, like, if it, I'm sorry if that bar is too low, but for me, it's like, well, nothing dumb happens. So. <laughs> that's, that's there's a no Sarlacc pit or anything. <laughs> yeah. I will give this episode three and a half big mo's. Whoa. Hey, look at Russ. Yeah, hey, I think oh, which is I think where I, I was at last week. I think it was three like and candy over here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, I just I think I, this show is starting to. I, I, I mean, it's starting to, to grow on me. I think. Um, I, I think I'm kind of getting again. I'm getting over what I think what I was hoping this show would be instead of kind of learning to appreciate what it actually is. Um, and so so. You know, I'm just trying to focus on, you know, the characters are presenting and the situations they're involved in. Um, and again, less eye rolly moments, um, as, as time goes by. I mean, this is, there's always going to be eye rolly moments with, with TV stuff. Um, and, and just entertainment in general, I think. But, uh, um, so yeah, less of this, I think, uh, this week. So, uh, yeah, three and a half. So that's, that was our uh, big Mo's. What did the audience have to say about how many big Mo's did they give it? Not a lot. One, one big Mo uh, <laughs> rating from Mike Jones this week. 3.25 big Mo's. That sounds pretty scientific. Oh. Oh. I enjoyed Elton's flashback seeing how the remote zombie, uh, oh, seeing how the zombie uprising started is always interesting to me. 
Aside from that, I feel like all we got was a nail polish powered boat and way too much huck. <laughs> I've come to the conclusion that if you take everything cool about Alpha away and give her hair, you get huck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'd be okay with a baby on this show if it meant Huck getting killed off. Wow. Aside, ah. Wow, that's some Huck hate, man. Aside from her, I still mm. really enjoy the cast. Alrighty. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for this week, this week's episodes. Um, yep. So do we think, so I, I guess World Beyond will be eight episodes, and then... I'm assuming we're going to get a split season for fear. So do you think they'll go world is 10 episodes? Oh, world yeah. is 10. It's yeah, 10 episodes. Oh, so that's why also it started earlier. So, right. That's why I was saying it was halfway done. Yeah. With the first season. Cause it is. Uh, then never mind. My theory, my theory does not play out about a double episode so at some point. No. Yeah. It's all right. from the, what, what I'm looking at with the schedule at all. Uh, world will just play one-to-one every week until it reaches its end. Aha. Uh-huh. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, you can catch me here, hhwled.com, uh, as well as the Gotham by Geeks podcast uh, on Mr. Taylor's Taylor Network of Podcasts, Dr. Current's Taylor Network of Podcasts, <laughs> I guess. Aaron Newworth, where can the folks find you? I'm all over the place, but you can find me talking about movies on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. That is the podcast I co-host with my friend Abe. It is available everywhere you can find podcasts. And, um, yeah, we talk about new movie releases, and we just had a whole bunch of horror-themed episodes for October, which was really cool to do. And I'm also writing uh, movie reviews at WeLiveEntertainment.com, as well as on my past Walking Dead reviews you can find there. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS5 at 4. <laughs> PS5 is coming out, guys. It's, it's, it's throwing me off. Trying to get ready Freudian for slip. the transition. Ready for the transition. Mr. Dietz. Well, you can catch me at uh, also the Taylor Network of Podcast.com, but on Nothing's On, which we've been on a bit of a hiatus because Mr. Donnie Salvo has been at work being an essential worker such as he is. Uh, he's unable to uh, uh, break away from his busy, busy schedule as an international playboy to come record with us. But soon we will be recording again. Uh, but that'll be back on track soon, and you can catch me also weekly on the Brandon Peters Show at the thebrandonpetersshow.com. At the segment, I think it's on Wednesdays now, called The Old Space Show, where we've been going episode by episode through Space 1999, and it's been fun. Uh, we just did an episode with uh, Peter Cushing. Ooh. I think we recorded, yeah, so that was pretty badass. Uh, so check that out as well, thebrandonpetersshow.com, or on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, and Amazon. All the places where you find all your better podcast purveyors. Sorry. Mr. Parent. It's okay. Sorry. Uh, you can uh, just find me on the, the voice one, two, three on Twitter. Uh, and also you can find the, uh, the Taylor network uh, on Everything from Spotify to Stitcher Radio to iTunes and all that. So all the uh, various podcasts are there. It impresses my wife when I can say, Alexa, play Nothing's On. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a real podcast now. Nice. It's on hiatus, right? 
Well, just uh, Donnie had to work a couple weeks. Yeah, we just did two two days. Two couple weeks, couple two weeks. couple weeks off for Donnie. It could be worse. You could have tried to like sub in a replacement like that, Brad Milo or something. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is, folks. There we go. Let's see, and everybody was waiting for the weekly dig dig at Brad. There you go. Wow. Sorry, I had to wait till the very end of the episode for it this time. I'm just saying. I mean, sometimes it's nice to not listen to anything. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, does anyone have a no more? I don't have a no more room in hell. Does anybody have a no more room in hell? Oh, I don't have one either. When there's no more room in hell and the dead walks the earth, remember, not getting a, a cuddle puddle with some zombies in an open grave. Solid That's true. That's true. I can see It's very funny.